We all want to feel like we belong, to be heard and seen and believed. We want people to listen to our stories and witness the truth of our lived experiences. We are seeking validation and connection. We want to immerse ourselves in the vast dynamism of the human condition. I'm Jared Carroll, your host of Belonging Stories, a podcast where each episode we share one short, five-minute or less, first-person narrative that explores the individual and collective impact of belonging. Specific anecdotes and experiences that are authentic, compelling, and vulnerable. So stop what you're doing, take a couple deep breaths, put the headphones on, and let's listen to today's story. On my bookshelf is a little brown box. It's actually an urn that held my father's ashes when he passed away. And uh, I keep a bunch of things to remember him by in there. Uh, there's his, his death certificate, his uh, social security card from when he was 18, uh, a copy of the program from his funeral service um, when he passed away. There's a little bronze Buddha statue. Uh, there's a, uh, a money clip, a little silver money clip with the initials JDR, which was his partner John back in the late 80s who, who died of AIDS. Uh, there are a couple uh, pieces of paper um, stenciled from the Circle of Friends, uh, the AIDS Memorial Grove, where his, his name is, uh, in Golden Gate Park in, in, in San Francisco. There's a, his, an old passport long, long since expired of, of him with a, a picture of him maybe when he was 20, 21, uh, and only one stamp in it, uh, April 28th, 1970, St. John, New Brunswick, uh, Canada, would have been the day he came back from Cuba, had gone down to Cuba for his 21st birthday with a, a group called the Venceremos Brigade, um, a group uh, trying to do cultural exchange work and, and also a little bit of political subversion of the American government, sending uh, Americans down to help Castro with the sugar harvest. Um, there are also a couple black and white photographs of me, maybe in my early to mid-20s, uh, with a, a shot with a fisheye lens, my one of my dad's favorite tools on the camera, and, and he wrote a little note uh, attached to them. He said, um, well, here you are in all your black and white distorted glory. Let me know if you like any of them. I'm sure you're fine. I'm sure I'm fine. Talk to you soon. Love, Dad. And the last thing that's in uh, in the box, in the urn, is a, a, a copy of, a paperback copy of The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. It's the old kind of maroon burgundy cover with the uh, gold writing, and it's it's really in, in bad shape. It's The spine is ripped, and there's some scotch tape, and it's creased and cracked and weathered and torn, and in the bottom uh, left corner, uh, there's there's literally a bite out of it, uh, and the book is really unreadable, um, and, and that happened in, in college. Uh, this was the, the one book that I had read three, four, five times, probably equal to all the other books I'd read at that point uh, on my own. And uh, I keep it by my bedside, and my roommate's dog, a little Boston Terrier uh, named Reggie, um, uh, got it one day and was tearing it apart, and my roommate took it to a, a local bookseller, bookmender, to try and fix it, but uh, but he couldn't. Uh, he bought me a new copy, and 
I said, well, thank you for the effort, but uh, I'd also like the, the original copy. Um, and so he gave it back to me and, you know, I've kept it, kept it ever since. And the reason, the reason I wanted to keep that, that torn, unreadable copy is because that book was the, the first book my dad uh, ever gave to me when I was 14. He said, Jared, this, this book will change your life. You should read it. And, uh, I, I wasn't much of a reader then, um, in high school or, or really in college. So I never read it all the way through high school, and every time I'd see him or talk to him, he'd say, "Hey, have you have you read Catcher in the Rye yet? I think I think you'll really like it." And I and I and I never did, and he'd kind of tease me about it. Then uh, freshman year in college, a couple <clears throat> a couple days before uh, school was starting, I was standing in line at the financial aid office, and it was this huge, huge line, two three hour line, and I'd been toting around this book and. I brought it out of my backpack and started reading it, and I and I finished it that night. And uh, Dad was right; it it did change my life. Um, I realized pretty quickly, you know, why why my dad valued that book so much and why he wanted me to read it. I think he was, you know, he was trying to speak to me through Holden. Um, how Holden questioned the mainstream and challenged the status quo and kind of forged his own path and trying to figure out who he was in the world. And I think that's um, that's what my dad was still trying to do even even when he died. And I think he was trying to encourage me to, to do that too, to kind of maybe break out of my, my norms and, and explore what could be different. And, you know, I always appreciate him for that. And... That's why I have this book still. Thanks for listening to Belonging Stories. Short, five minute or less, first person narratives that explore the individual and collective impact of belonging. I've been your host, Jared Carroll. To hear new Belonging Stories episodes as they come out, please subscribe to the podcast and please share the podcast with your networks to spread the belonging stories far and wide. If you'd like to share a belonging story on a future episode, please connect with me on LinkedIn or via email at jared at jaredcarroll.com and we'll discuss how to make it happen. Thanks again for tuning in to the Belonging Stories podcast. I appreciate you being here. Until the next episode, be well.